Once again, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 29th of July, 2022. On today's show, we discuss what could be Juan Soto's last series as a Washington National, last series in Washington, D.C. as a National, and uh, kind of all that's surrounding that as we head towards the trade deadline. It's Friday. Trade deadline is Tuesday. Things are heating up. We'll also preview the Nationals and Cardinals series from a general perspective as well. It's coming up on today's show. We're here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. We thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. Uh, we are having some problems with Restream and the sound quality, and some of you all have noticed it. So uh, I'm not sure how long I'm going to do this for, but I might do some of the shows via Zoom. I might just record these if you're watching on YouTube and then just post them through Headliner as a video like I do sometimes. It's a problem that we've contacted Restream about. So uh, I just want to let you all know that's why some of our stuff might be altered, but we're going to try to fix that and get that through. So yeah, I mean, today's show, guys, you know, it's a series preview, but um, I've just been thinking about this and talking about it with some buddies of mine, just some, you know, some other people. I mean, it, it feels like Juan Soto is going to get traded. You know, I went from 90-10 in one direction, uh, you know, to kind of 50-50, and now I'm, I'd probably say I'm 65-70-30 in the direction of he gets traded, and I think that's where, you know, it's a great place to start today's show. We've been talking about it so much, but now we're up against it. Now it's the 29th of July, and not only have the Nationals not actually made the Juan Soto move yet, but there's a variety of moves that they have not made. They have not uh, traded Josh Bell yet. They have not traded uh, Nelson Cruz yet. They have not traded any of their, uh, I almost said receivers, any of their relievers yet. So the Nationals are coming to a point where they really haven't made the moves that we thought they would make yet. Um, and so now it's coming down to it, and the rumors are beginning to swirl. And so you're trying to think about, all right, what are the actual uh, trade destinations for Juan Soto? And it, it feels like now we're getting to the point where it is the Padres, and this was the case yesterday, but the San Diego Padres are the favorites to land Juan Soto, right? The Mets have kind of gone by the wayside. I know there was some rumblings. Somebody tweeted something about the Astros. I don't think that uh, was necessarily ever in the cards, but it does not feel like it's in the cards now. And so, you know, it's starting to feel like it is going to be um, the Padres and the Cardinals. If it comes down to two teams, maybe the Mariners are still involved. We'll see. But it seems like... um, it seems like that's kind of where this is heading. And, you know, no matter where he goes, I think the number one thing for Nationals fans is that you hope the haul is good, right? These teams are loaded with prospects, and it's becoming to the point where, you know, is one player in one Soto worth all the Nationals will be getting back in return? I, I know you hope and you pray if you're a franchise for players like this, but you know, if the Padres were to get Juan Soto, I don't think that the Padres would resign him. I mean, I think they're kind of looking at it like the Nationals are, and they've got a couple guys on big contracts already. But you have to ask yourself, how much is one player worth? 
from the business side, he might actually be worth it. But from the on-field standpoint, you know, having one great player does not help you win anything significant. What was glorious about the 2019 Washington Nationals, as you folks know, was how good the team was as a whole. And Juan Soto was a huge part of it, but he was not the only part of it. There was so much that went into building that team. A lot of money, yes, but you know, getting guys at the right times, uh, and, and you know, and that's the one thing about this is of building a core, right? The Nationals had a long core and they had a bunch of guys together at the, at the right times. And at some point, the bill does become due, whether it's the actual bill or the old age or the quality of players, all those kinds of things. But the Nationals window has gone and passed. And if you signed Juan Soto to a long extension, really, you know, you're going to be paying some of that contract out to him when the team's not very good, right? So you're going to be probably spending over $100 million on Juan Soto when the team is not competitive and doesn't really have an opportunity to win anything significant. So that's something the Nationals have obviously been trying to, to manage. And I know he gave us great moments. I know, you know, winning the winning, obviously most recently winning the home run derby was an amazing moment. I know watching him do the Soto shuffle and, and obviously, you know, all the charisma and swagger that he brings and watching him every single day. It's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure and a joy to do that. And, you know, that's why kind of the attitude of this, this podcast is not necessarily the most happy because obviously we understand what the Nationals are losing in a Juan Soto. You get you get the charisma and you get the amazing play and the great at bats. You get all the walks, obviously. You get a guy who sells jerseys and sells T-shirts and puts butts in the seats. And look, the Nationals won't have anybody to do that once he's gone. There's nobody to put butts in seats on this current Nationals team. It's just the reality of it. K. Bear Ruiz doesn't do it. Josiah Gray doesn't do it. Luis Garcia doesn't do it. None of the rest of the guys do it. Patrick Corbin, you know, is not very good. Uh, Steven Strasburg is not able to put butts in seats right now. The Nationals won't have any of those players, but maybe they'll get two or three, more than one, basically, that can help you do that down the line. Because the Nationals right now, they do need to rebuild. They're in a spot where it does make sense for them to trade a Juan Soto. And as much as it hurts for us to admit that, that is the reality of this. But I, I think, you know, one of the things I want to impart with today's episode is just how much, you know, we're going, we're going to miss him, right? I mean, it, it is going to suck to see him in a, in a different jersey in a way that it, um, you know, it sucked to see Max in a Dodgers jersey and it sucks to see Max in a New York Mets jersey for a lot of Nationals fans out there. That is a sentiment that I 110% completely completely understand you I, I totally get why fans out there would would feel like that that you know it's a hey, it sucks to see Juan Soto out there wearing another team's uh, excuse me Max Scherzer wearing another team's jersey but for Juan to be a guy that is this young that is this good while being this young and has a chance to be a transformational talent already is transformational talent but it's going to be you know it, it feels like at this point you can just pencil him in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, a two-time All-Star already, a World Series champion already, a home run derby champion already, all those accolades, and he is just 23 years old. Um, seeing him in a different uniform, especially if it's a team that's going to be coming to Nationals Park relatively often, that is something that is really going to be difficult to stomach. It's going to be tough to watch. But, but on the flip side of that, 
if you were to make a trade where they, you know, a team like the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, you think about all the prospects that they have, you know, uh, thinking about the Cardinals, you know, guys like Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn and Matthew Libertor and Alec Burleson and, you know, Gordon Graceffo. I mean, all of these guys, uh, you know, are these tremendous prospects that could end up helping your team and putting the team in position to maybe make some moves once again to be competitive. And those guys will help you buy the time of getting a Patrick Corbin off the roster. It'll help you buy the time of getting those guys, you know, free and clear and getting that money off. And then we'll see what happens with a Steven Strasburg. But really, you know, it'll make sure the 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 team is off the hook, off the books for all of this stuff. Uh, obviously, the deferred money for Max Scherzer is still there. And there's, you know, there's payments they'll be making on that. And once again, we'll see what happens with Steven. But this will be a team at that point that'll be free and clear of a lot of massive deals and able to rebuild. And then when it's time, once again, to start making those moves, to start trying to become competitive again, they'll have the funds. And hopefully, as they keep drafting lower, they will build the minor league capital to maybe make a move one day. It's not like a Juan Soto, but bring in a star, somebody they could re-sign, you know, that would help this team, help build this team up. I mean, this stuff is really cyclical, right? The Nationals were bad for a long time. They built it up. They became really good, right? They decided to let Bryce walk. The window kind of closed there as they won the title. They get the championship. Things fall apart after that. They, they kind of gut the team. They're going to really finish gutting that team this year. And then, you, you know, you reset. And look, you know, I know the Nationals winning a championship didn't parlay into more championships or even more playoff success. It just ended. And this would kind of, I mean, this would be like the real ending of it. You know, this would kind of show you it's, wow. You know, um, as far as, like, Nationals fans, I, I've been honest about this. I don't think you guys got to enjoy the championship as much as you possibly could have. I feel bad for you all in that respect. That's really difficult not to, you know, to win a title but to not be able to fully enjoy it because of the you know the way in which things went down. Obviously, the pandemic was a huge part of how that um, kind of ended and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really difficult to, to deal with, you know, um, this kind of being the last, you know, some people say, oh, I can't follow the team anymore. It's the last straw. I mean, guys, the more and more we think about it, this is this is probably the right piece of business to do. As nice as it would be to see Juan Soto in a Nationals jersey moving forward, um, as great as that would be to have a star like that in D.C., the Nationals will be hamstrung about how to do it. They'd have three massive contracts, one of those guys not playing in Steven Strasburg, one of those guys in Patrick Corbin not being very good, and then Juan Soto being the only position player out there that really is able to help this team win consistently. It's not a you know young, unproven guy like a Luis Garcia or a K. Barrett Ruiz, you know, um, they're trying, uh, you know, they're trying to get guys like Cade Cavalli up all the way, you know, up into the big leagues and, you know, hoping that Josiah Gray manifests and becomes a really good player and Brady House someday. But like this stuff's all pretty far off. The Nationals don't have a very good team. And so restocking and reloading with a bunch of young guys might be the way to do it. And then you start trying to build the team up. And from there, that's where the Nationals, I think, best future is. I, I think Juan Soto would be great for all of us. Because we love Juan, we love the way he plays. We love, you know, his, 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 him as a character um, and what he means to this city. But it, you know, this this is probably naturally where it should come to an end. Especially 
if the reports are true about, well, it's, you know, I mean, the Scott Boris thing about how much money he wants, like that's not tenable. That's not good for the Nationals. That's not what, what's best for this team and best for business. So I think the Nationals probably are taking the correct tack now, looking forward and thinking about making the move to get rid of Juan Soto and to bring in a bunch of really good potential players. All right, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best place to post your job, folks. Go there today uh, at LinkedIn. Nearly 40 million job seekers are on LinkedIn every single week, and you guys can post your job. They can find it. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. So also, you know, the, the other the other part of this too is, you know, Mike Rizzo might have to get going or else he's going to have to do all of his business here in a short window. I mean, we're going to be saying goodbye to guys left and right. And, and, and if you're going to the games this weekend, make sure you guys cheer loud for a lot of these guys because they deserve it, right? Uh, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, I'm not sure about Nelson Cruz. It hasn't been great, but still, you know, guys like that. Kyle Finnegan's, I mean, Kyle Finnegan deserves a massive round of applause. Carl Edwards Jr. deserves a massive round of applause. These guys have come in and done and how well they've performed in some, you know, I'll say adverse situations in terms of naturally. I mean, think about all the, Kyle Finnegan has just been bounced around from part of the bullpen to part of the bullpen repeatedly. So, you know, make sure you guys give all of those guys the standing ovations that they deserve as we head towards the final weekend here. But Mike Rizzo going to need to do some business and going to have to do it with some relative uh, pace at this point in time. All right, let's check in with where the Nationals are as they head into the series. The Washington Nationals are 34 and 66. They've got a 340 winning percentage, which is the worst in all of baseball. They are 28 games back of the New York Mets. They are 25 back of the Braves. They are, let's see, 18 and a half back of the Phillies. They are 13 and a half back of the Marlins. They're 15 and 36 at home. They're 19 and 30 on the road. They have a minus 160 run differential. That is the worst in all of baseball. They've lost one in the current streak, and they are four and six in their last 10 games. This weekend, they play the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 52 and 47. They have a 525 winning percentage. They're three games out of first place. They're 29 and 20 at home, 23 and 27 on the road. They have a plus 59 run differential. They've won one game in a row, and they are, excuse me, five and five in their last 10 games. Uh, In the wild card hunt right now, St. Louis Cardinals are tied with the Philadelphia Phillies for that last wild card spot. The Giants are are three games back, and then the Marlins are five games back of them. So uh, that's where that's where the Cardinals currently sit as we head into this weekend's matchups. Your game times for this weekend series between the Nationals and the Cardinals. We are starting off on this Friday night. Uh, this also begins a six-game homestand for the Nats. Uh, the Cardinals, I mean, once again, it's ironic they're playing the Cardinals, uh, the games are at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. That's on Masson. 7.15 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. That's on Fox. And then the final game of the series is 1.35 on Sunday 
That one's on Masson as well. Your pitching matchups. In the first game, it's going to be Anibal Sanchez. He takes the hill for the Nationals. I believe it's his third start. Going up against Miles Michaelis, who's had a really good year. 7-8, but a 2.87 ERA on the season with 96 Ks and a .99 whip, which was which is top 15 in uh, in baseball right now. And he's, um, you know, he's had a really good run this year. Michaelis is a guy who's 33 years old. Feels like he's, you know, he still feels like, I remember he was, a, he was a young buck uh, in this game. when he was first coming up with the, I think it was the Padres he was first coming up with. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this has been his, you know, his one of his better seasons. 2018 was a really good year for him, but this 2020, you know, as he's made, he's going to make his 21st start. Once again, 2.87 ERA, a .99 whip, and 125 and one-third innings pitched for Michaelis on the season. So uh, he has been a rock for them in the rotation, once again, making the 21st start. Anibal Sanchez, curious to see what we get from him. Once again, making his third start. I guess the good thing now is that he's filling a definite need the Nationals have. They need somebody to hold down a spot in that rotation. The problem is the results haven't been great. He has pitched 10 innings. He has surrendered uh, seven earned runs in those 10 innings so far. So looking to improve upon that. But he has gone five in each of his starts, and that's not always something we can say about Nationals starters this season. So Sanchez, the 38-year-old righty for the Nationals in that first game. Your spotlight game on Fox, it's going to be Eric Fetty, who takes the ball for the Nationals, got that ERA under five last game. He'll be countered by Dakota Hudson, who should be, should be, um, he's listed as a scheduled starter four days ago, uh, and he should be coming off the, the IL. Six and six, the 4.1 ERA on the season for Dakota Hudson. Eric Fetty on the year. Once again, I said he got that ERA under five. Five and seven, the 4.95 ERA. Could this be Eric Fetty's last weekend as a Washington National? That is definitely something to watch. I think it could 100% be the case. So we'll see if Eric Fetty is going to be a Washington National uh, after this weekend. Um, But this could be his last start for the Nationals. Then in your finale uh, in this series, and once again, I expect a lot of movement, actually, Last year, I was there the weekend of the trade deadline, weekend after the trade deadline, and it was weird to see all this, you know, this kind of weird collection of players that Nationals had together. That could be the case here. Paulo Espino is going to go up against Andre Pallante. Uh, if you don't know Pallante, he's 23 years old from California, and uh, he has had a pretty nice season, 3-4, and four, the 3.53 ERA. Not a great month of July so far, but was was absolutely uh, nails as a reliever, in May and also in June was really strong as well. And they transitioned him, you know, then to a starter. So uh, that's there's that's what to watch there. And also, obviously, Paulo Espino is countering, as I said, for the Nationals. So that's how things set up this weekend for the Nationals and for the Cardinals. One more word from our sponsors, then we'll get out of here. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way. Check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource 
resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. If trades happen over the course of the weekend, obviously, we will have our full reaction to that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And you guys know the deal. Till next time, as always, stay safe.